of the dragon. His rage is the breath of the dragon. And his fire shall consume the infestation that has crippled America. If the white army is to fulfill its divine purpose, we must have a homeland. Those who would deny us, they are the enemy and they shall perish. We are your strength and we are your warriors. The future is ours. Day of the Rope! Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of THR Presents Stream Fiends. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my brother, Nez. What's up, man? It's been a long time. Yeah, everybody, man. It's been a minute. Ugh, new year. Same guys. Same show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just try to get back on schedule, everyone. But Oh, man. Um, oh, shit. Well, I... When we get to the end of this, but yeah, what what are we doing tonight? <laughs> We're doing the nineteen ninety sci-fi actions. I guess yeah, it was action. Uh Prayer of the Roller Boys. Let's see what Google has to say. An undercover teen. He was a teen. Uh, I thought he was in the twenties. An undercover teen of the dismal future joins a cult of roller skater, no, roller bladers. That's what it should yeah. have been. Uh, who push a drug called mist. Okay. Pretty much something. Uh, let's see. IMDb. In a dystopian near future America, a young man infiltrates a powerful drug dealing rollerblading youth gang that runs his town in order to end their reign good this stars the late great Corey Haim rest in peace yep. Patricia Arquette Christopher Colette Julian Julius Harris Devin Clark Mark Pellegrino which the first thing that popped in my head when I seen him I was like oh that's Hulk Hogan's brother from No Holds Barred <laughs> I just remember him from uh Big Lebowski when they oh, first, yeah. when they first charge into his house. You're Lebowski, Lebowski. <laughs> uh, who else? Uh, Morgan Weiser, Jake Dangle, G. Smokey Campbell, John P. Conley, J.C. Quinn, Trevor Esther. Director is Rick King and writer is W. Peter Illiff. Nez, was this the first time you've seen this movie? It was not. Um, I think it was it was the first time that I saw it like straight through. Uh I remember we were I can't, we I know we were in a hotel somewhere. Oh, uh, uh my uncle was getting married in Arizona and we stayed in some hotel and uh I was watching TV and this came on. I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, Corey Haynes in it. Let's check this out. So I think I watched like half of it and then fell asleep. And then all the other times it's been on, I've it's been on and I just kind of watched it piece by piece, but finally sat through the whole thing and figured out what it was about. I, I don't know where the prayer came from, but all right. But... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it was cool for what it is, and I, I didn't hate it. I mean, I liked yeah. it. So I mean, it was uh, it was one of those straight to video. This was in the, the VHS days. Mm-hmm. Um, not the end of Corey Hames' career. He he was still putting things out here and there, but he wasn't. Uh, one of the key was kings of, of the 80s and, and during when there was a teen, him and Feldman and the rest of them. But 
not considered not considered right any after. of the brat 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 pack. He he wasn't one of them. Yeah, this was right after Dream a Little Dream and Watchers. I think Dream a Little Dream is. I think that was the last movie that I saw that he was in, or both of them that was in the theater. No, wait, Watchers was in the theater. I think. Have we ever done that one? No, I think I remember watching Watches in the theater. Yeah, I want to say that was in the theater, but I mean, I, I don't, I didn't see it in there. I saw it like on VHS, but, but yeah, Dream a Little Dream was the last one. Uh, what I saw of his in the theater. But what did you think of this one? I thought I was coming into this watching it for the first time. But as the movie was going, there was just all kinds of scenes. I was like, I've seen this before. I don't know why, <laughs> but the the whole Patricia Arquette taking out the panty scene, I was like, I've seen this movie before. I don't know why that, that was the part that clicked with me. I was thinking of something, something else that uh, Corey Haim was in. Um... I thought it was that movie. What was that movie called? I think it was called like Blown Away or something. Um, Getaway? No. Oh, that one chick from Charles in Charge was in it. Um, Oh, Blown Away. Yeah, Yeah. Blown Away. (laughs) Because in that one, yeah, she she got naked in that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that was one. I, that was one. I think I just saw that scene. I, I so for for some reason I was I was thinking of that movie when Prayer for the Roller Boy, Prayer of the Roller Boys. For all these years, I thought it was Prayer for the Roller Boys, but then yeah, no, nobody was praying for anybody in this movie. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I didn't get it. Hey, did you realize that um, Gary Lee was uh, a kid from uh, Sleepaway Camp? Yeah, so I, I, dude, I, I was sitting there watching it, going, "Who is this dude?" And I had to look it up, and I went, "Oh fuck, man, that's that's that guy that Angela cut his head off at the end." <laughs> he he was pretty good in this as the villain. You know, he he was he was selling his uh, beliefs, uh, which uh, probably when I saw this when I was younger, like the the whole racist undertones and stuff probably went over my head for most of the movie. The whole day of the rope and sterilizing people and all that crazy shit. But I thought for a villain, I thought I thought he did pretty fucking good. Uh, what's his name? Bothered the shit out of me. That guy would have just I would have beat his ass. Uh, Bullwinkle. Yeah, I didn't like that fool. I just didn't. He had like spooky eyes. Like they just look like black marbles. Yeah, the, I mean the eyes were spooky, but the the, the hair and just the, his whole demeanor, I was just like, I'm not buying you as no henchman. <laughs> this is uh oh, this is like oh, it came out and so it was probably shot in '89, but it was still. What year was this supposed to be? Uh, let's see if it says in the summary. Does not say. It just says uh, set in uh, the near future Los Angeles. The city is overrun by crime and drug use in the wake of the great crash and economic catastrophe triggered by the greed of previous generations. So probably in the distant future of 2002. I don't know. Yeah, this was... This, it was labeled what sci-fi, but was it? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I guess because they're saying it's dystopian future, that's why I guess it's sci-fi. But there was like no sci-fi tech. Yeah. The only thing that was, I guess, I don't know. The the there's always there's always like a drug, like some new kind of fucking drug that that everybody seems to be on and gets hooked on easily and in this movie was uh, missed but other than that like everything like there was no like special TVs or nobody had like cell phones or 
special weapons, nothing. Everything was just regular, regular. I just, just looked like the city was just run down. Yeah, it was just like it was. At first, for some reason, I thought this was going to be like, uh, from what I remember, I thought it was going to be like after nuclear war or something. And that's why these the, guys. But the city couldn't have been that run down. I mean, there's a damn pizza shop in the movie that seems to be doing pretty well. And obviously, the Constitution is like no more because everyone's running around with, with guns. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in California, you can't be running around with guns. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, these films, especially these late ni- late eighties, early nineties, when they had these like so called quote unquote gang movies, um, how they all look stupid. I mean, even even the Roller Boys. For, for those of you that haven't seen this film, the Roller Boys is this. Uh, I I didn't realize it until watching this. A heavily armed white supremacist uh, conglomerate known as the Roller Boys, <laughs> with with white or beige trench coats and suspenders to hold their pants up, and they do the flying V from Mighty Ducks when they skate. <laughs> I I did like that. I mean, I liked how they would just all in sequence. Every time you saw them, when they came around the corners or when they were going just down the street, and I, and I was like, okay, but how? These are just nothing but a bunch of rich kids that yeah. threw on these uh, tan or whatever color trench coats and had rollerblades on. I'll yeah. give it to Corey Haim and yeah, I'll give it to Corey Haim and. Uh, and uh, what was Gary Lee's name? Christopher Collette. I'll give it to them. Um, I don't think that was them when they were doing some of the the jumps and stunts on the rollerblades. But oh, it, like, it, the, like the flips. Yeah, it it was them. It was them uh, that they when they were jumping down the those stairs. That was both of them that did it. And uh, I in the very beginning we see Corey Haim like I don't know he's in some kind of. Uh, like, I don't know, a little sewer system thing type of thing, and he's just skating and skating as fast as he can, jumping and everything. Some of that was him. I don't think that was him that was doing the jumps, but that was him like going hella fast. And uh, in that one scene when they were um, uh, Griffin, Corey Haim was trying to become one of the roller boys when they were hauling ass through that little uh, loading dock uh, mm-hmm. yard. That was that was then. That was him. Are there? I'm, I, I was I was never really big into rollerblading. Are there like no tricks you can do? Because like oh, the, the montages is like they're like not doing anything really. I mean there there is tricks. I mean I've seen uh, guys out there doing it. I mean handrails jumping and uh, grinding down the on ledges and and everything. I mean they're they're out there doing it. Um, I've never I could roller skate. I've never tried. Uh, rollerblades. I mean, if it's like ice skating, then I, I probably could do it. But I've I've never tried. I've never like put some on and tried to rollerblades. You know what? I not on rollerblades. The last time I went ice skating, I was going <laughs> like <laughs> around the thing, and my wife was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> and I was like, "I'm one of the roller boys." She just rolled her eyes. <laughs> Oh man! What does it say here on the poster? Uh, prayer of the Roller Boys. Better say your prayers. Better say your prayers, boy. They're coming. Okay. <laughs> and and let me let me speak on the the whole premise of they need <laughs> Corey Haim to go undercover to infiltrate this organization. I'm like, why? You know what he's doing? He's putting his stuff on TV and like advertisements and they're putting they're handing out comic books and it's like what do you need to investigate I I have no idea (laughs) I just assumed um, the cops obviously knew who Griffin was I'm sure he was getting into trouble and that was their way of uh, 
him trying to get infiltrate the the roller boys. They uh, what they had a. When we see Patricia Arquette, she's just some groupy looking chick and she's she's rollerblading and everything. And the roller boys are always having parties and, and everything. And she's a cute little chick. So she's trying to trying to get in there with them, making out with whoever just to try to get get up. But we don't realize who she is until later when we find out that she is she's an undercover cop. She's a detective. And I'm like, damn, how old was she? And she's already a detective, but with different times in the in the near future. Yeah, it I makes guess. you kind of makes you kind of think now where their relationship goes. Now finding out that he's he's a teen. I yeah, like, did, did all the laws change in the, in the near future? What's going on? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, anyway. But what what was she investigating? Because I just figured if you're trying to find if the whole purpose was trying to find the where where they where they make the drug, why don't you just follow Gary Lee? Because he goes there all the time and is high, highly recognizable, expensive old school car that he drives around in. Well, I think they were trying. They could only go so far because their little warehouse compound was surrounded by. Uh, roller boys, I guess. <laughs> but just, and they, they needed someone to go in there to actually see the setup and see how they made it. There was some little trailer that they that made mist. I, yeah, it, was, it wasn't very... <laughs> make some fun dip. That's all they were doing. <laughs> yeah. It was just like piles of or little containers of dust. And the, yeah, just add a little yellow, then some white, and then a little yeah. blue, and then push. Yeah, like their formula and... made no sense. Uh uh-uh. uh like, Then, or you can add a little bit of the red. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, well, what is this? I mean, what? I mean, it wasn't like they were in little like measuring cups or anything. They were just like little sand shovels. You just went and just dumped it in there and then set it on its way, and it went through the whole process and then came out as a a, a little pill. Then they packaged it up and then sent it out onto the street. Uh, Griffin's brother, um, Milty, uh, Devin Clark, he was he was just like impressed by the whole Roller Boys thing. He might have been twelve, maybe thirteen, and he was impressed by the whole thing because the Roller Boys are all about style and class, is what he was saying, and. They get the chicks. They they got all the money and and the nice houses and old cars, and he wanted to be down with them. So they were basically just here, man. Just sell some mist for us, and uh, you can hang with us. A little Milty, he was he was doing it, and then he kind of got hooked on it because he was he was puffing away on all that stuff. I don't know what it was. I mean, at first I thought it was a pill. You just took it, but. They stuck it in these little, like oxygen type of things, and you just yeah, stuck it over your little, face and then put the mask it on, and it looked like liquid. Yeah, coming I, up the tube. So I was just like, yeah, I don't understand. And I don't understand how they sell it because it just looks like they're just randomly taking a handful for whatever money's being given. I don't know. They were in those little colored rainbow-looking paper. <laughs> Things. <laughs> so, I mean, they, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was gonna say like all the like racist stuff like originally played over my head or went over my head, but I'm reading here in Wikipedia. I guess Griffin is rumored to be the great grandson of Adolf Hitler. I didn't. I must have missed that part. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't realize they were quote unquote white supremacists until reading this on Wikipedia. I was like uh, they were? I mean they well, you, they were you, throwing you, the N-word around, but it Yeah, wasn't you kinda that. got that when they seen his relationship with uh what was his name? Speedbagger. Speedbagger. Julius Harris. That that guy's been in a ton of things. I mean, I remember him in uh one of the James Bond movies. I think he was in Superfly and one of the Shaft movies. And I remember he was Bo in uh, the 76 King Kong, the one with Jeff Bridges. He was in that. 
and bunch of TV shows, man. But yeah, Black Julius Caesar, Caesar, Hell Up in Harlem. Yeah, he's an all star. He'd be out of everybody in this. He's been in, in, done done the most. But I mean, there there wasn't really much to the story. That they they were the not Griffin, not Gary Lee, the leader of the Roller Boys. He was always had his propaganda. Uh, Videos or whatever going out to everybody talking about the day of the rope. Basically, for what he was saying, this is the it's gonna, it's, the roller boys are going to take over. We're going to be the new law. We're going to be the new government or whatever. That's what they were kind of pushing. But the day of the rope turned out to be it was some kind of uh, stuff that they were some. Uh, what does it say here? The day of the rope is coming. Rope turns out to be a toxic misadditive developed by the Roller Boys, which gradually renders any of its users sterile. So, yeah, pour a little just, the, the green fun dip in there. And... Yeah, and it's either the green or the blue. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I mean, I was kind of buying into what he was saying, but then when we figure out what the rope was, I was like, oh, that's all he's doing. So, he wanted a pure America. So he wanted to just wipe out, not wipe out, but kind of just make everyone else like not be able to have kids. And the, the roller boys are going to probably be the only ones that can uh, make babies, I guess, with all with all the ladies. Because Gary Lee's rule for the roller boys was nobody can do mist. So because none of them were doing it. That's why hey, it gave Milty a nice little smack when he found out. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, all right, well, I don't know how much Milty was smoking, but I obviously maybe maybe he was sterile. I don't know. But there was a lot of people out there doing it because everybody was going nuts uh, for it. Even the old uh, hobos that were sitting around. There was a lot of um, like homeless camps where everybody because that one scene when uh, Griffin, Corey Haim, he was a, uh, a pizza delivery book guy uh, for Pinky's Pizza. And every time he went out to deliver pizzas, his uh, boss made him take a uh, machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know if I need the job that bad. If I got to take a fucking AK with me to deliver a pizza in a van where there's like steel grates over the windows. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was like, all right. I mean, who who's ordering these pizzas that... Uh, I just because when he delivers a pizza to this, I guess look like a concentration camp or something, um, and it's heavily armed with guards all around it. I don't know if these people were just in prison prisoners there, and the security guys ordered a pizza because when he goes to deliver it, uh, his uh, Griffin or um, Milty is Griffin's uh, brother. He was sitting in, in the van and he looked out the window and he saw this little girl. Um, and he felt sorry for her, so he got out and was going to give her a slice of pizza, but the security was ready to kill him because he was talking to the to the people uh, in, in there. So I, I don't, I didn't understand why all those people were in there because we never really go back to them. They just show them in that one scene. Yeah, they don't really explain all that. Why, you know, are uh, Griffin and Milty allowed to you know, live their lives outside of these camps and these people have to basically live in inside these confined caged areas. They never, they never really got into that. Yeah. So I just, it seemed like everybody looked homeless other than the, the roller boys, but I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get exactly what was that because there was a lot of things in this. If you're, Listen to the the news that they're that are they're talking that on the radio or TV, as they're saying that uh, the armed forces are on strike in Washington because something was going on there. Uh, the great crash of the economic catastrophe triggered a greed in the previous generations, and uh, was it Harvard? It moved. Yeah, Harvard moved to Japan, and. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think Germany bought Israel or I don't know. There, it, there's a bunch of things going on all over the world. It's not just 
uh, it wasn't just happening here in America. See, I, so. I liked all that because that that is really telling you, especially what was going on there. It really showed you how bad times was, but I was just like the overall look of it. It didn't really seem like anybody was hurting for money because everybody was buying mist and pizzas. Yeah, so I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know what, what was going on. <laughs> so I, yeah, it was. It, it it was weird. I mean, it was again. Yeah, again, everybody looked homeless, but yeah, you're buying pizza and everyone's got guns and everyone's got money to buy mist. I, I don't know this. This. I wouldn't want to live in this world because it was out of control. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the police were still there because they were still trying to crack down on uh, everything, but it just seems like they were being overrun by the roller boys and everybody well, the, else. The police chief did drop a line saying he, he didn't, he didn't, uh, when uh, they were talking about witness protection, Griffin wanted to, somewhere nice for him and his uh, brother to go to. He was like, we don't even got money to put uniforms on our, on our officers. So they were, they were hurting too. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Everyone, well, the detectives, I mean, well, other than uh, Patricia Arquette's character, she was running around looking all good. And the main detectives, they seemed to have suits on. But there was two other dudes that were detectives. They look like they were bus drivers. I don't know what they were. Those two guys that were running around, uh, they were uh, they were helping um, Patricia Arquette's character because they were they were the guys in the van listening to uh, her as she as she goes in and try to infiltrate the roller boys, going to their parties and everything. She was obviously bugged. And they were listening to all her stuff. But I mean, they got her to talk to Griffin. And because she every time she saw Griffin, she was like, I need it. I need to give me some mist. Do you have any? And they were always kind of playing games. They'd be making out for a minute. And he hooked up with her at a party and pulled her panties off, but didn't want to give her nothing and just threw her panties at her on the floor and then later on she got him and wherever they were and she took his, his boxes off and threw them in his face. Now we're even and I, I don't know what was going on with, with them. All while this is all going on, the roller boys are still trying to take over the, the world and the, yeah. the day of the rope. And, all yeah, and, and there is other gangs that you barely see in this movie. Were they? <laughs> uh, yeah, the one, the one gang that had like leather coats on that were spray painted, and they had like, I guess they weren't cool because they didn't have rollerblades or something. I don't know. But th- these gangs reminded me of. Um, Classic ninety nine. That and if you've seen uh, Death Wish three. When Bronson goes back to New York and they're running around with crazy clothes and paint wow, on their what face. Was, what was the main guy with the, that was kind of bald and he had that like line painted down his forehead? I, I don't know. I just remember him all drunk in Superman 3. <laughs> uh, and he was uh, Chuck. Uh, Chuck Cunningham in the, old, uh, in the very first few episodes of Happy Days when Richie had a brother that just obviously just disappeared and they never mentioned him again. But yeah, what the hell was his name? That's going to bug me. I, we might have to do, we, we might have to dive into the death wish movies at some point. Yeah, Cause uh, <laughs> when they, when they get into the sequels, they, they get crazy. Yeah. I think the first two were, were kind of serious. And then the third one just went off the rails. Cause that was, I think Cannon took over. <laughs> so yeah. That's when Chuck, uh, Charlie Bronson, is pulling out bazookas and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, Gavin O. Hurley, I think that was his name. He was a uh, Fraker. Oh, okay, I don't. I just remember him looking stupid with his bald head and 
think what's his name pops up in there. If I remember correctly, Alex Winter. Bill, so. Bill and Ted. Yeah, he was he was one of the hoodlums or whatever. Yeah, the, the, he's got. I'm looking at a picture of him. It's a, a red line with two black lines going across. The yeah, head. that's it. No idea. Like this whole gang had that mark on their forehead. I mean, is that is that what they think gangs are supposed to be? I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> when we was, get to Death Wish Three, <laughs> I always wondered that. Like the people that do wardrobe and makeup, like do they just get together and like what do gangs look like in the future? I guess. I mean, look at the Warriors. I mean. Back then in '79, I was like, "Oh man, this is awesome!" There's something cool about the Warriors, though. Yeah. But then when you go to like class in 1999, some of them have like fake eyelashes on, or just on one eye, and stuff like that. Or, yeah, like, or like yeah, like like Clockwork Orange. I mean, does that gang look cool? I mean, look cool. But I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, a lot of these. Especially in the eighties and seventies and all that when they were making these futuristic gang movies. I assume See, like Mad Max makes sense because their outfits are just whatever they can find. Yeah. I mean but, they looked cool. I mean in Mad Max in the first one, uh, we'll eventually dive into those as well. That just was just straight biker gang, but Road Warrior, I mean, the post apocalyptic film. That's when they, yeah, when they just whatever they could find, and I guess assless chaps and all that were the only thing they could find <laughs> that survived <laughs> the, the bombs. And I don't know what was going on there, but that was, that was awesome. His favorite pants. They looked cool, and the bronze, how they, how they, how badass they looked in, in their leather uh, police uh, uniforms. I mean, they they all looked rough and tough, but I mean, these roller boys—they do not look rough and tough. They just—they were just a bunch of pretty boys. And where are they getting these outfits from? Is they buying them wholesale, or I assume there's still some kind of structure going on. I mean, if there's still a police force and they're still trying to crack down on drugs and everything, but I don't know. That—that that was the main thing. They this whole movie was just about. Uh, getting Griffin to go infiltrate the Roller Boys to stop or find out how they're making this drug and stop it. That w- that was it. Which he really didn't do. They kind of just took him there. He didn't have to yeah. do no sneaking around or anything. And yeah, because he just... Uh, well, Griffin, uh, Gary Lee and Griffin were were friends before. So they knew each other. So I think that was pretty much... Uh, how Griffin was able to just basically join up, but he had to go through the, the initiation. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, they go to the, um, Gary Lee was trying to buy some, some, uh, machine guns from some Asian company or whatever. But I guess that guy didn't want to come down on his price. So, uh, Gary Lee took uh, Griffin and these two other guys that wanted to be roller boys and told them, they said, look, this is the most heavy, heavily guarded factory uh, on the docks. And all you got to do is skate through it without getting caught by security, steal somebody's um, ID badge, because I guess they were able to get through all the doors, grab one of those and make it to the other side where we'll meet you. And whoever's the first one to get through it with a badge that's you'll be a roller boy. So brand new trench coat and suspenders. This is what made me laugh. It was that, like Gary Lee said, this was the most heavy guarded security place. They just rolled right through. <laughs> <laughs> there was no kind of gate. No, nothing. One security guard. I was just like, oh, and I was like, you can't do that. Stop. And then, then they just started shooting at him. But the first guy gets shot. Or the last guy, because Griffin and whoever else kind of get through really quick. But the dude that was there at the end, he gets blasted in the back with a machine gun. Um, and nobody, all these security, if they're being security guards and it's the most guarded place, only one of them could shoot. Because he was the only one that got the shot, that guy. Everyone else, machine guns going off everywhere. 
And it's not like these guys are hiding behind things as they're as they're rolling rolling in. They're all out in the wide open, and like ten guys with machine guns, and they still can't hit them. Then there would be no movie. <laughs> but <laughs> they basically get all the way through. Uh, Griffin grabs a ID badge off this lady, and they make it through to the other side. Uh, Gary Lee's the, he's. And the truck wasn't even like anywhere far. It was like right on the other side of the gate because he shoots. <laughs> he gets a rocket launcher, shoots it, blows up the gate. And then they go rolling through. Uh, Griffin hops over the little fence that fell down. The next guy kind of hops, but his, his roller blade catches it and he falls. But then he gets up. Griffin actually made it to the, to the van first, jumped in, gave Gary Lee that uh, little... ID card thing and that other guy was skating up behind wait 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 and then Gary Lee just blasts him and then uh, uh, what's the name uh, Milty was with him too uh, Griffin's little brother and then when uh, Griffin gives Gary Lee the badge he just kind of looks at it and just throws it throws it like they didn't even need it I don't know but so yeah Griffin he's a roller boy he gets his trench coat and his suspenders and I assume some a new pair of rollerblades, and they're trying to hype him up with with the day of the rope stuff, and then they finally able to trust him enough to go, okay, this is where we're making the miss, and he sees he sees the whole layout, which is basically nothing. It's a big warehouse, but there's nothing in it, but this trailer where they're making the mist. So, but there's one rollerboid that does not trust him. Yeah, that was old Bullwinkle. He should have trusted him because earlier in the film, um, when Griffin was delivering pizza, they're passing. Uh, I think that looked like um, that church from uh, They Live. Mm-hmm. It looked like I think, I think it was that. I'm not, I'm not. I can't be sure of one, but. They're driving by, it's on fire, and they see some guy in there screaming, ah, help me, help me, get out. So Griffin, like, backs up and crashes through the wall in the pizza van uh, and gets that guy out. And that guy was Bullwinkle. He was in there. Um, Why, why was he in there? Was it another it gang a, territory or was it It was it a, a, mis, a mist house. Okay. I that guess. guy was so unappreciative. Because you cut to the next scene where where Gary Lee's telling him Bullwinkle wants to thank you for saving him, and he was so like, "Yeah, I guess I owe you." I was like, "You unappreciated bitch, <laughs> I can leave you in there next time." Yeah, I mean, if anyone, he should have been on all over uh, Griffin's nuts and like, "Hey, man, thank you, bro." He just he just was yeah ungrateful. You know, he should have been like the uh, what was that movie we reviewed? Uh, Stone Cold, how the oh yeah Stone, Stone Cold had the one biker guy that was like oh he's cool he's cool that should have been Bullwinkle, no. and uh, the other guy Bango should have been the the suspicious one. Yeah, because Bango yeah that would have worked better because Bango seemed like he he didn't give a fuck he was just partying and having a good time and and just being a roller boy but yeah Bullwinkle just didn't. Didn't trust Griffin. I mean, he kept telling Gary Lee, and Gary Lee wasn't like, "Hey, man, I know this guy. Don't, don't worry about it." But yeah, but fucking Bullwinkle just kept giving him the side eye with those black eyes, and he would skate by him and bump him. So there was always that, that thing. And then once the police were involved, and what's in name? Milty's doing the mist and uh speedbagger um they were actually living on his property in a tent and he was kind of he was telling them just stay away from the roller boys because they're they're bad news and yeah. griffin he he stayed away from him but he knew gary lee and everything so and that's why they kept trying to get him but uh after uh griffin was a roller boy they would go around and basically uh, strong arm everybody for protection money, I assume, because they went to Pinkies and got money from him. And then they went to Speedbagger and got money from him. And they uh, at, at one scene where they kidnapped some guy and had a hood over his head and they were roller boys were going around in a circle and punching him and 
kicking him and beating him up. And Griffin was right in there, yeah, and punching him and all that. And when they stopped and they pulled the, the little bag off his head, it was Speedbagger. And then they were like, oh, no, get away from him. And uh, um, Bullwinkle's like, I knew it. I know you couldn't be trusted. I was like, how couldn't he be trusted? <laughs> he just beat up somebody that he was close to. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I didn't understand what he did at that in that scene. It was like, I knew you couldn't be trusted. Yeah, it was like the N-word was flying out of, out of a couple of them. But, yeah, I was... I mean, and I know why they did it. They did. They they were beating him up just because it was Griffin's friend. So, mm-hmm. but he didn't. He didn't die. He was all right. He kind of just took his lumps, and he even said, "He goes, I told you those guys were bad, bad news, and all this." So Griffin was just getting mad. So he finally he was he did get in with the cops, telling, "Look, all right, I'll get in there. I'll find out what's going on," and he did. And then they kind of made a plan. All right, uh, Griffin was supposed to go into that trailer. It was a the the little drug mist trailer. The only one they they had the that was like a, a palm reader, and the only one that it read was Gary Lee's hand. So he had to be there to open it up. So um, they trusted Griffin and uh, to be in there with the uh, uh, Bango was with him, but Griffin was like, Nah, man, I can do it by myself. You can trust me and. Uh, I guess they didn't, so they let Bango go in there. So they were making mist, and there was a cooler of beer or whatever in there. Bango was just sitting in there getting drunk, and he, he did show Griffin how to make it. But they didn't even make any, if anything. They were just in there because then uh, here came here came the police. They <laughs> obviously got through all the security. I don't know how many guys were outside, and they made it in. They blew up the door. Uh, oh, they um in the in the little mist trailer, uh, they had a um a system just in case uh, cops or whatever showed up, and and so and it was like these two big things full of acid, and it was able to like flush through the system and just burn and kill all the 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 evidence of of the mist making drugs, so they wouldn't be it wouldn't do anything to the to, to the machines, but it would just basically kill all the the materials for the for the mist, so they could they wouldn't get busted. But when uh, the cops came in and they were shooting up, Bango heard it, and then he kind of turned to, to Griffin. I knew it, and then Griffin was weak. He he hit him in the head with a pipe. A couple times, and then Bango just got up and just beat his ass. Yeah, you can't knock somebody down with a pipe and then let them get back up. Yeah, if you're going to hit someone with a pipe in the head, you're going to keep hitting them until they don't get up. <laughs> but Bango just his ass beat. Yeah, he gets up and he's just throwing Griffin all around the room like he's a, like a child. He was, he was, I think he was about to shoot him, but then the, the doors blew up and then they had. Uh, the two detectives that were helping uh, Patricia Arquette's character, Detective Casey, they came busting in, and uh, no, they, you know, they blew up the door. They came in and they shot. They shot Bango, and then we find out that uh, they were the they were they were, they were uh, robbing uh, all the mist because I believe those are the guys that um, blew up that mist uh, house in the beginning, mm-hmm. where where. Uh, uh, what the Bullwinkle was. Yeah, Griffin put it all together without yeah. even really thinking about it. He was like, yeah. it was you guys. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, yeah, you're damn right. We just want the money. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so they they were in there, but then uh, the rest of the real police, the rest of the cops came in and, and blasted the, did they? No, they didn't kill. No, they did. They killed those two. Um, What's her name came in? Uh, Patricia Arquette, she came in and blasted those guys. Big ass shotgun. Yeah, she killed them. And I would say the shotgun was kind of badass. Saved Griffin. So the cops and everyone got out. But then here come the ruler boys, the whole crew of them. And they all had machine guns. Uh, so Gary Lee was like, I, I didn't want to believe it. I should have listened to everybody and. Now, fuck you, we're going to kill you. And then there was a big old shootout with the cops. 
you know, where nobody's hiding behind nothing. They're just standing upright, shooting at each other <laughs> and missing. <laughs> I mean, some of the guys where they were, no, they were, oh, let me go back a little bit. We'll come back to that whole bust. They, um, the roller boys were just trying to get rid of the other competition, the other gangs. There was a scene where they all just came rolling into this, uh, a gang compound and came jumping in, jumping over everything with machine guns and just started killing everybody. They were throwing bombs and blowing things up uh, because there was one scene where one of the roller boys was sitting there on the ground ah, screaming and his leg was blown off. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I did like this scene though because even though they're in the middle of a gang war, when they're like jumping, flying through the air, they're still trying to go for style points the way they're flying through the air. <laughs> Well, you got to look good, especially with your trench coat flapping in the breeze while you're shooting your machine gun in the air. It's just like, oh, my God, what's happening here? Who wrote this movie? (laughs) Oh, it was written by W. Peter Liff or whatever. Anyway, yeah, so that whole gang war was was funny. And I assume they killed all that gang to eliminate him. There was another gang that they kind of got into it with. Because there was a shootout scene. Those guys on the dirt bikes. I don't know. I guess they were the dirt bike boys or something. I don't know. But Dirt bikes can't stand up to rollerblades. Uh-uh. <laughs> so back to the cops and, and the roller boys fighting. Yeah, there was a big old shootout. And, uh, I assume uh, uh, no Griffin. I know Gary Lee kind of got away. And then he was chasing Griffin. Gary Lee had a machine gun and Griffin was just hauling ass and they were skating after each other. And they kind of got into a little, little scuffle at the end. But then, um, did he knock him out? I, I don't remember. Yeah, how they he, stopped he, him. He, he was going to kill him. And then he was like, I'm not like you. And then he put the gun down or, and then, Gary Lee tried to pull the the knife out of the the boot, or the not the boot, the rollerblade, because they're always wearing rollerblades. Tried to pull the knife out, and uh, that's when that's when uh, Griffin knocked him out and was like, "Not like you, but I'm not stupid either." It's something something like that. Yeah, because when they were uh, riding around, when uh, Gary Lee was chasing him. Oh, uh, he was shooting at uh, Griffin, and he shot some. Uh, I don't know if there were some kind of tanks because they blew up, and there was a big, huge explosion. And Corey Griffin uh, Griffin goes flying and falls down. Okay, I'm getting to the end. I don't remember. Oh, uh, yeah. So they're they're fighting. Uh, Griffin does or uh, Gary Lee doesn't have his machine gun anymore. He's got a pistol, and he's just still chasing after. Um, Griffin and but Griffin gets to this pole and does a six one nine swings around and kicks Gary Lee in the face. That was and, cool. Yeah, and he he lost the gun. So uh, Milty comes running in, picks up the gun and throws it to uh, Griffin. As Milty's like, just kill him, shoot him, you got him. But then the Griffin's like, I'm not like you. And then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> while he's doing that, he's trying to. He's gonna pull out this big blade out of his out of his uh, roller blade, but then uh, Griffin just kind of pistol whips him, and then that's it for him because the police come in and arrest him, and everybody they, leaves on Griffin's motorhome. Yeah, I mean justice is done. Uh, Gary Lee's going to jail, but he's giving him that look, kind of like I'll be back. I was kind of hoping for like a another one because yeah, yeah. The, I, go ahead I think that Gary Lee could have some kind of pull to get out maybe you can't be this big huge organized rich rich boy rollerblade gang and not have some kind of lawyers I mean there's well, obviously the law is still there when he's in prison no I stopped it once the Oh, there's a scene where his lawyer is talking to him in prison, and because uh, I guess Griffin and everybody are going to happily move to Portland, Oregon, and then you cut to prison where Griffin's talking to his lawyer, telling him we need to set up shop in Oregon because that's where he's going. 
Yeah, right there. I must have missed this part. Okay, that's, uh, that's where he's going. All right, everyone. See, like I said, the, the big rich boy gang. <laughs> he's in jail somewhere, but his cell is all nice. Uh, there's a computer in there, tables. He's in his all nice white uh, Miami pimp suit. Uh, there's graffiti, uh, like a sunset and palm trees or whatever. Uh, Graffiti on the wall, and yeah, I okay, I do remember this when they were talking about they were going to set up in Oregon, and yeah, because that's where he's going. I was like, yeah. how do you know? Because <laughs> Griffin, yeah, he, he's uh, the Roll Boys bought him a uh, nice big uh, motorhome, state of the art motorhome. Because before uh, they, him and his brother were sleeping in a tent. So yeah, they uh, Speedbagger, uh, Casey Griffin, and Milty are all driving up. So did she the just coast. quit being a detective? I assume unless she's on vacation. I don't know. I don't think she would have gave up her career for some. And did Speedbagger sell his home? I I guess I don't know. Uh, maybe he just felt that he didn't feel safe there. I mean, did they catch all the roller boys? I don't know. I want to say if they didn't get killed, maybe some of them got away. I, I know I Casey blew a lot of them away in the, the shootout scene with her shotgun. She never reloaded. <laughs> yeah, and that's I know we were all over the place on this one, everyone, but this movie was it's worth a watch. I mean, I didn't hate it. It just made me laugh and everything. And I am a Corey Haim fan and I love Patricia Arquette. So I would definitely appreciate if they put this on a Blu-ray. Yeah, I'd buy it because uh, it's on um, YouTube, everyone. So if you want to, the whole movie is on there and it's pretty clear. Yeah. So it's not 4K or anything, but it's, it's a good copy. Yeah. I mean, I, ch- I checked uh, like Amazon and all that. I think you can rent it, but um you don't want to rent it. Everyone's got YouTube. But, I mean, it it was... I see what they were trying to do. They were trying to make a futuristic gang movie, and I assume at this time, Rollerblades was the was the craze. So, because, I mean, even still, man, there's, out of all these... Um, these these movies like this with these gangs, like, like The Warriors, that was just kind of a regular gang movie. Um... Uh, thrashing that was the the daggers was a gang and they were on skateboards um uh i think it was like skate town usa there was um this this was in the 70s there was the good roller skaters and then there was this uh bad uh, gang of roller skaters um led by uh the late and great uh, patrick swayze he he was the the leader of that the bad the roller skate gang, and I don't know. Maybe movies like this throughout time, there was always something where everybody and they had '90s ro- rollerblades were big, and like, why not put out a rollerblade gang movie? <laughs> so, Surprised nobody's put out a what's what's the thing the little kids be riding the little scooters? Oh, the razors. Yeah, like. Post-apocalyptic movie where people's got razor <laughs> scooters or something. And then, yeah, they should. They should, yeah, someone listen and make this. Make a uh, a gang of nice guys on the razors, and the bad gang will be guys with heelys. Yes. And, yeah, <laughs> make that movie, somebody. <laughs> but uh, put our names in the credits. We want we want that check too. But, I mean, I enjoyed this film. I mean, it was just uh, another gang movie. I mean, there's there's a bunch of them. I mean, you can go back into the black and white days. There was gang movies then. And uh, I assume they're going to remake The Warriors. They keep talking about it. I don't want them to. But, um, yeah, we even had the, the, the punk rock gang in uh, class of 1994. And then the futuristic punk gang or whatever the hell they were in class in 1999. Oh, the, the, the black hearts. Yeah. I avoid that one. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I say watch it. Cause it's so bad. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. All right. Uh, 
Before we get to your pick, uh, a streaming recommendation? Um, hmm. Go ahead. Let me find some. I don't know where it's streaming, but uh, you can watch clips of it on YouTube. I've been watching all the clips. Um, shit, I don't even know what it's called. It's an A&E show where uh, WWE is trying to get like the old like memorabilia and artifacts of certain wrestlers to display in their museum. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I should probably should have looked it up what it's called, but it, it's it's really interesting. And they get like like the last little clip I watched. They had Brutus the Barber Beefcake go with them because they were looking for the the, the shears that he used to have. Mm-hmm. And they tracked down the the pieces, and then they try to authenticate them, and then they offer the people you know you know money or some kind of deal to where they can get into the museum and it's, it's really interesting a lot of a lot of good stories a lot of a lot of good memories because uh they also were looking for because uh, he i don't know if you remember when he was in the tag team the dream team of greg yeah. hammer valentine they were looking for greg's uh robe that he he had the, the sparkly robe with the big hammer on the back they were looking for that too and there was did, they good, not just, did they not keep any of this stuff or did they just well uh, like the one ep- I, I gotta see if they're, they're showing the full episode somewhere because the one I was really interested in was uh, they had Ric Flair and they were looking for the black butterfly robe that he wore in the 92 Royal Rumble that he won is this the one when they go into um, and they find all the uh, Undertaker's gear yeah Okay, I, I seen that one. The one guy was the ho- he he's a wrestler now, but he was a host. That, that guy Top Dollar, yeah. everybody keeps laughing at because he tried to suicide dive out the ring and caught the rope <laughs> and flipped over. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the host. Oh, okay. But yeah, they're looking for Rick's robe, and he he mentioned that he like he's had like ex wives keep his shit and other stuff's been stolen out of out of the the locker room and. That whole episode, they were looking for the the black butterfly robe that he wore. Okay, so watch those. I only seen that one with the Undertaker. I didn't see any of the other ones. But all right, I got something. This is one that came out last year. I liked it. A lot of people didn't. I I thought it was good. I bought the Blu-ray. This is a uh, 2022's Fall. It's streaming on Stars. Stranded 2,000 feet at the top of a remote abandoned radio tower, two expert climbers, were they experts, uh, putting an ultimate test as they desperately fight to survive the elements, a lack of supplies, and vertigo, including heights. Did you see this one? Yeah. I didn't I didn't get to see it in the theater. I wish I did. Yeah, me too. I, I watched it on my phone. But even still, I was still dizzy watching it. So yeah, I, I, watched- I liked it. Watch Fall, but don't watch Float. I think it's called Hashtag Float. I think I talked about it on the, the main show a couple couple episodes ago. It's kind of like the same premise. Like they, they get together every year and they float on inner tubes down a river and camp out. And somebody dies and they go back like the next year to like celebrate his life. And like stuff happens. It's probably if I if I would have seen it. Last year would have been in my bottom three movies of the year. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll trust you. I'll stay away from it. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got a movie. I don't. I know I did it on my show, but I don't know if we ever did it. Have we ever done the principal? Oh no, I've been wanting to do that one. All right, that's uh. Hey, come back next week, everyone. We are gonna go to. Get back in the Wayback Machine and go back to 1987 for Jim Belushi and Academy Award winner Lou Gossett Jr.'s The Principal. At the toughest high school in town, the biggest troublemaker is The Principal. I, well, I don't want to go. We'll get into it when we get into it. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I was laughing at that one guy. If you have a, a YouTube Prime, it's streaming on there, and uh, Amazon Prime, it's streaming uh, no, is it no youtube premium i think that's what it is that's it's it's on there and it is streaming on amazon prime so white zach white zach of shit white zach of shit <laughs> <laughs> his name was too long to say <laughs> all 
Oh, yeah, we'll get into this one because I got a lot to say uh, about this film. But, yeah, come back next week uh, for the principal. That's going to be my pick. Again, YouTube Premium or Amazon Prime, it's streaming on there. It's out there as well. Oh, uh, that WWE A&E show is called uh, WWE Most Wanted Treasures. <laughs> all right, I'll have to check it out. But, but All right, everyone, that... Uh, it's going to be it this episode. Uh, go to thehorrorreturns.com for everything. New episodes. If you're new to the show, welcome. Brian and I are here for that, as well as the action returns. We do. We are going to do that one. We still have uh, Enter the Ninja coming for that one. And uh, everything else uh, we got going on. When you're done looking at it, listening to everything, Horror Returns, shoot on over to the to my network, Skater Nest Podcast Network, and listen to all the East Society we got over there. We just yeah, dropped. You guys are dropping hella episodes. I I like it, man. I like it. it. No, I, it, I like it was it was good that we did because we are gonna kind of take a little. Well, I am. I'm gonna take a little uh, sabbatical. Um, we had a loss in the family, so yeah, I didn't realize. Um, I think it was just a lot of episodes we had built up and I was just starting to throw them all out. So, I mean, I one, two, three, four, five. You got five episodes we dropped within a week. So you guys uh, can uh, hold up for a while. There there might not be a, an episode th- this week for Eat Society. Um, so just you got five episodes to listen to. And uh, sometime next week we'll have a... Uh what is it? The fuck do we do? Uh, wrestling returns. Oh yeah, shit! That's this weekend, huh? Yeah. Elimination chamber. Uh, We're about to watch the biggest screw job since the Montreal screw job. <laughs> I just want to see mommy. That's all I want to see. Um. Oh, but definitely go check out uh, ESP uh, Rewind. Uh, the Zisu and I we did a commentary for uh james cameron's uh, 1986 uh, sci-fi action film aliens uh i don't know what made us do that one i just haven't seen it's the regular rated r version but we do talk about some of the uh special edition scenes and everything so uh go listen to that uh as well as uh the zisu and my son eric they're doing a, a esp breakdown uh the last of us they've covered uh the first five episodes. There's two episodes of uh, of uh, ESP breakdown. Uh, also, we got episode 280 uh, covering just all the shit we had seen. Also, uh, uh, myself, Brian, and uh, Mike, we did uh, ESP at the movies, and we did Knock at the Cabin. Uh, spoilers and all, and everything. And uh, we brought in Mike because he's uh, the expert. Expert on all the religious stuff. He, I think it was mostly mostly me and you just listening to Mike because oh like, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, I was like, let, let me just shut up and listen because yeah, some of I this went over lot. my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of it did. I mean, if you guys haven't listened, go listen to that one. Mike had uh, his words twelve years of Catholic school beat into him, so yeah. <laughs> he was able to explain everything he was saying. You can think back to the movie and be like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's why I was, I said, because he, he, I told him to, after I saw it, I was like, dude, you need to see this movie. Because when we find out what's going on dealing with some religious stuff, I'm like, I said, you got to go watch this movie because I need you to explain it to me. <laughs> so he went and saw it. And that's why we brought him in. Uh, it's a good episode, everyone. Go check that one out. So, but um, yeah, again, there might not be a, uh, society this week um we just gotta deal with some stuff but you got five episodes to listen to yeah so. go back and listen to the older stuff and the, yeah. the, the anchor the uh, east society anchor links yeah uh in the show notes of the east society we got links to everything uh dealing with facebook uh tiktok uh, youtube uh shoot over and get a t-shirt at t public support get our two, show get two t-shirts Get all of all three designs, and then when you're done with that, look up the Horror Returns and buy all their designs. Speaking of that, I need to get one before we go to Texas Rightmar. I still don't have a Horror Return shirt. but I don't have any new ones either, Lance. I mean, 
All right. What sock shirt do you wear? You got to get, I'm going to get you one of the new. Two uh, uh, X. Uh, slim, right. I slimmed down a little bit since last time you seen me. I was three right. X last time. I think I'm, I think I, I'm slimming down. I'm feeling a little better about myself. I just, I'm slowly losing. Hopefully I, I lost a few, I'll lose a few pounds by the time we get to, to Texas. It's still a couple months away. So, uh, two X. I want to get yes, you one sir. of the um, the new ESP ones, the, the NWO. NWO. Yeah, yeah, that one. Cool. So, but all right, everyone. Uh, yeah, horrorreturns.com. Listen to everything. Uh, we'll come back real soon with the action returns, and we'll try to get back on schedule. <laughs> so, uh, with that, everyone, just be safe out there. Come back next week and party on. And be good to each other.